Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, report were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Warning the following show doesn't represent the opinion of the IBL, UFV, its employees, or the local clown college. Oh. And the theme song is pretty explicit. Enjoy the show. Yeah, my rhymes flow like I'm right along Sally. It's Baba Brinkman. I took a swift left at the valley. That's a dope municipality. Check it out, Baba Brinkman. Freestyles flows straight up out of reality. Left at the valley. Peace. I know we shouldn't have to scream that we're atheists. You know, we don't have non-astrologers and all that. But with the religious people taking over the world, I mean, we can either speak up or be pushed into a corner. I'm proud to be an atheist, a skeptic, a non-believer, an infidel, a heathen. I call it how I see it. I say it's ignorance and you just call it faith and unsubstantiated claims. That's something to be ashamed. I'm an atheist. From the Mystery Machine Studios of CIVL 101.7 FM in Abbotsford, BC, this is Left of the Valley. My name is Kevin and I am your favorite Shaggy. Soinks! Joining me as usual is the team that might have made you get away with it if it wasn't for those meddling atheists, our jinkies of deduction, Martina. Hello, how are you then? <laughs> our Scooby Snacks of Skepticism, Tyler. Hey, how's it going? And our Jeepers of Man Trap, Sarah. Hello! Guys, welcome back. I hope you had a great week. Pleasant. Excellent. Of course, I got to start with some awful news, unfortunately. Oh, please bring it. Um, Gordy Howe, Mr. Hockey, has passed away. Oh, and all no. of Canada's mourning. You know, uh, for, for a lot of Canadians, uh, our generation, all that, they, 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 they look at uh, Wayne Gretzky and they say he's the great one. But Wayne Gretzky himself would say that Gordy Howe was the best player ever. So that's interesting. You guys have any thought? I mean, uh, the man apparently was quite the gentleman behind the behind the, the the facade of hockey and everything. He was a tough player. He was a hell of a player, and he was a gentleman uh, outside the outside the ice. I know the name. I just yeah, I'm like twenty years younger than all of you. Okay, I think you need to hand in your Canadian badge, your your, your, your membership. Okay, lacrosse is our national sport. Thank you very much. Yeah, I that's don't know. True. I don't know how I made it uh, and became a Canadian citizen because. This is kind of sort of awkward to admit, but this is news to me. It's what? <laughs> I know. I'm so oh. ashamed. Okay. The comments of Martino are not necessarily those of CIVL. <laughs> he does it again. And uh, I, I have to admit, on a personal basis, I am very proud to announce that my folks have actually opened their own little business in Agassiz. Ooh. They've opened a little coffee place. So I'm wishing them congratulations. A little place called Wood and Beans, A. Eh? So Canadian. Wood and Beans, eh? That's, what the, that's the name of the place. And it's a little coffee place in Agassiz, and they're also selling antique furniture. So, oh, that's a nice know, combination. It's I an like interesting that. combination. So, I'm giving them a bit of a free plug here, but good luck to them. Yeah, and thanks to you, all the religious people are going to boycott it now. Uh, well, no, actually, they're <laughs> religious. They're fi- they're very religious. That's a funny <laughs> thing. They're, both of them are Catholic, right? So, but you know, just because I'm an atheist doesn't mean I'm going to boycott everything that's done by religious people. It's coffee. It's coffee. What can be wrong? Well, I don't drink <laughs> it, coffee myself, but that's okay. It tastes the same no matter what, so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
So I hope you guys had an, uh, uh, an interesting week. Aside that, uh, we're going to do a show today with the incredible Tracy Harris. Uh, we're going to be bringing her later on on the show. So that should be a, a very interesting show. And we're also going to be talking, I want to talk to her a bit about the Orlando attack. Did you guys hear about that? Yep. The nightclub yes, thing? Uh, yeah, the nightclub yeah. thing. Yeah. Uh, 50 dead, 53 injured. Uh, mass shooting. Uh, apparently now it's, uh, according to uh, the, the, the papers, it's actually the worst mass shooting in history in the U.S., Aside something like, well, it's a shooting, right? So you can't count nine eleven. It's just for a shooting. It actually, so it's a, it's a, it's a gay the night. The most club. amount of people, right? Yeah, exactly. Yep. It's a gay night club, and uh, <laughs> the gunman apparently is a Omar S. Mateen. I hope I'm saying this right. The FBI is suspecting terrorism, and but his father says he had nothing to do with Islam. It's going to be an interesting thing to go into for sure. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Well, our friend Nancy is actually not here with us. She's actually traveling in the state somewhere, but that's okay because what we did is uh, we actually uh, pre-recorded her day in history. We so. put her in a can. <laughs> that's right. So if you're ready, you ready with that? I'm ready with that. Let, let's set her up. All right. And here we go, this day in history, which is a roundup of those events and individuals that altered and illuminated the days between June the 6th and June the 12th. So starting with June the 7th, it was Journalist Day in Argentina, and in 1989, Wayne Gretzky, yay! Ooh, the great one. The great one wins his ninth NHL Hart Trophy in 10 years. What an achievement, that guy. A lot of heart. Had, yeah, a lot of heart. <laughs> a lot of heart. What a, what a guy. He really really was a, uh, a hero in, in uh, everything he did, I think. He's always conducted himself. In the himself Hurricane he always will be. Yeah, absolutely. June 8th is World Oceans Day. And uh, sort of in the theme of oceans, in 1824, the washing machine <laughs> was patented. <laughs> it's a stretch, but heck, it's water, right? The washing machine was patented by a guy named Noah Cushing from Quebec. And that was the first patent issued in Canada. So, really? The yeah. first patent in Canada, it's a washing machine. The washing machine wow. was the first patent. That was the first one. Oh, Canada. <laughs> Even before, oh, Canada. <laughs> <laughs> 1920 was the only time... One of your favorite stories is coming up, Kevin. The only time a major league baseball player was ejected from a game for sleeping. Another great <laughs> baseball story. I know. Cincinnati Reds against the New York Giants. Eighth inning. An argument started. Who would expect it, right? Yeah. An argument started at home plate about a foul ball. Ed Rausch, who was the outfielder, put his glove and cap on the ground and figured, this doesn't involve me, I'm the outfielder. So he puts his cap and glove on the ground, takes a little nap. So the coach sends the first, the third baseman, Heine Grow, to wake him up, but he's gone. Deep sleep. He doesn't want anything to do with the argument. I told you baseball was boring. <laughs> right. He figures when it's over, you know, fine, I'll get up and do what I need to do. So the ump now ejects Roush for a delay um, of the game for sleeping, and unfortunately, the team lost five to four. So oh. he, yeah, he had a hard time trying to live that one down. But 
Um, Ed Rausch was inducted into Baseball's Hall of Fame in 1962, along with Jackie Robinson, Bob Feller. And uh, in 1969, during baseball's centennial celebration, Rausch was voted the greatest Reds player in their history. So maybe it was because he took a little time out <laughs> for, <laughs> for a little rest and avoided all those arguments and stress. When the you benefits think. of sleep. Yeah, <laughs> could be. June 9th is uh, no june 11th i'm sorry it's world naked bike ride day in vancouver you know we just had a show with ken hurrah for cycling for diversity we should have mentioned that we should have found out if he's doing all this you know (laughs) (laughs) clothed or unclothed make sure to clean that seat yeah exactly anyway the world naked uh, bike ride uh, began in 2004 and it's an international clothing optional bike ride i think it's bear bear if you bear as you dare Bear as you dare. Bear as, I love that. Dare as much as you bear as much as you dare, something like that. And so the participants plan, meet, and ride together to deliver a vision of a cleaner, safer body in a positive world. And also the fact that they're vulnerable, so they need to take extra care. Um, it, by nineteen, uh, by two thousand and ten, the WNBR had expanded to stage rides in seventy four cities, seventeen countries, from the United States to the United Kingdom, Hungary, and Paraguay. Um, so the June the 11th is the day that Vancouver chose to do it. It's not the same day all the way around the world because the northern and southern hemispheres have mm, different sense. temperatures and so forth and so on. So um, the one that they had in Bellingham, which was June the 3rd, they had over 400 people riding, and most of them were clothed in body paint. So, <laughs> But the Great. Vancouver one usually has thousands so it would be interesting to, to get the final tally on how many they actually have. Indeed. June 12th is Independence Day in the Philippines. And in 1965, scientists discovered a new celestial body or celestial bodies known as blue galaxies. Do you know anything about I've I've heard the term, but I can't think of anything right now. No, I, well, there's no reason to unless you're either deep into that topic or like me, you're doing the research. Get me so, Neil deGrasse Tyson. Yeah, so Stop. really I'm not smart. This is just straight from the pages of uh, all of the different search engines. <laughs> and I go, Wikipedia, thank you again. The discovery of Blue Galaxy supports the Big Bang, sci- Big Bang scientific theory about the origin of the universe. Mm. According to Big Bang, the universe began sometime between 10 billion and 20 billion years ago and a cosmic explosion hurled matter in all directions. The Big Bang Theory explains why distant galaxies galaxies are traveling away from the Earth at great speeds. And in 1979, the Gosmer Albatross flew across the English Channel, which was an airplane powered solely by human power. A cyclist Brian Allen used a pedaling mecha- mechanism wow. to go, man, if his knee ever I, gave out, yeah, he would have been, been the big splash rather than <laughs> <laughs> the big bang. And that, dear listeners, brings to a close another passing parade of interesting, mundane, unusual, and occasionally bizarre events and people that make up this day in history. Thank you so much, Nancy. And we'll be right back right after this. You are listening to CIVL 101.7 FM at the University of the Fraser Valley's Abbotsford campus, serving the surrounding communities of Abbotsford, Mission, and Chilliwack, British Columbia. Email us at info at 
Follow us on Facebook. Click like on CIVL Radio. Follow CIVL on Twitter at CIVL underscore radio. Bullying can leave long-term physical and psychological side effects such as shyness, stomach aches, panic attacks, nightmares, headaches, and exhaustion. It's time we put a stop to bullying. Visit www.bullyingcanada.ca on how you can make a difference. This is the Stereo Anthems. This summer, going crazy for the phrases on CIVL. Bloody hell, what's it called again? 101 point, what's it called? No 7, 101.7. 0.171. It's this summer. It's very crazy. It's not yet rated. It's not even radio. We're the best. No, we're not the best band. It's no. only this summer at a theater near you. Not even this summer. We won't be the best one, honest. No. Not this summer. Probably second best. Not even next next summer. Third best. This ad's been Stereo Anthem approved. Hello? Hi. I'm the Supreme Irreverend Dr. Randy Tyson from the Legion of Reason Diversion. Join me and my co-hosts, Christine Shelska, Twyla, and Nate Phelps, as we explore issues at the intersection of atheism, humanism, and skepticism. Topics range from alternative medicine to the interference of religion in public policy. We often have special guests to help us understand the topic du jour. Previous guests include biologist Jerry Coyne, ex-Muslim author Ali Rizvi, philosopher Peter Bogosian, and the late physicist Victor Stanger. You can watch us on the Legion of Reason YouTube channel or subscribe to the audio version through your favorite podcatchers such as iTunes or Stitcher. And don't forget to like the Legion of Reason Facebook page. Nine million children die every year before they reach the age of five. Any God who would allow children by the millions to suffer and die in this way either can do nothing to help them or doesn't care to. He is therefore either impotent or evil. But this to me is the the true horror of religion. It allows perfectly decent and sane people to believe by the billions what only lunatics could believe on their own. If you wake up tomorrow morning thinking that saying a few Latin words over your pancakes is going to turn them into the body of Elvis Presley, you have lost your mind. But if you think more or less the same thing about a cracker and the body of Jesus, you're just a Catholic. And we're back. Well, we seem to be having some issues with uh, getting Tracy Harris on the line, so we're going to try. But uh, in the meantime, let's uh, discuss a bit about this Orlando attack. Tyler, you want to take that on? I honestly just saw it and haven't looked into it. I've been kind of busy the last couple of days. I just saw that it was, you know, a gay nightclub, and the guy had a name that obviously people thought automatically must be Muslim. That was about it. Mm-hmm. And then the whole, you know, gun debate thing. That's that's pretty much what it turned into. What they're blaming the gun, that kind of thing. Yeah, totally. And uh, what's going to be interesting about this is uh, uh, this kind of plays into the hands of some guy like Donald Trump, right? 
So uh, I can't I can't wait to see what's what he's going to do with that. I mean, uh, he's been ramping up the fear about uh, Muslims and extremism, and the population just might I don't know. You know, they're in the middle of a presidential election. So if you guys have any thought on this? I can't I can't even listen to Trump. I tried. I just can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> but he has words. He has all the words. Good words. Lots of them. Yeah, so you guys keep talking about this while I try to get Trace on the line here. All right. Yeah, though, I was a little bit uh, misinformed myself so far because I didn't really have a chance to look into it. Just the uh, fear that it might be a terror attack again, but I think that got debunked like right away, didn't it? Uh, I think the issue here is that they're focused on whether he's a Muslim, they're focused on what kind of gun he had, as opposed to, you know, actually teaching people, especially kids at a young age, that being gay is not a choice it's a biological thing maybe we could potentially cure it by with education that way and like you know that's always my solution is start teaching kids this and they won't grow up to be homophobic and start shooting people but nobody's focusing on that based on what i've seen which has only been a couple articles but nobody seems to be talking about the misunderstanding of the biology of homosexuality they're focused on the gun and the muslim and blah 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 aren't we supposed to make a show about that uh, wasn't it you was yeah it was me that, that suggested it that? yeah yeah it was i have a really good friend that i'll bring on the show and we'll discuss that more but i just think the education is obviously the key to most things like i said about racism teaching kids the biology the evolution of race same thing with homosexuality people if people understand that being gay isn't a choice and that it's not contagious and it's not evil and all this stuff they're not going to go out and you know shoot them likely yeah, I came across this this saying here for the first time that somebody actually said, well, it's it's a, a lifestyle that really baffled me. I didn't really know what to say to that. I know. I have a friend of mine, uh, Raymond Gonzalez, um, on the various Facebook groups. He's a good buddy of mine. We always, when we debate people who say, you know, being gay is a choice. And uh, Raymond's black, so I always say, Raymond, stop choosing to be black, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I mean, even if it was a choice, I mean, two dudes or two women loving each other, is it really that big of a deal? Like, you know, can we not teach people that, you know, loving each other, it's okay? And yeah, I mean, yeah, what, yeah, what harm do they actually do? Yeah. I'm more concerned with the bestiality. Did you see that? Did you see that, uh, I don't know, supposedly? Oh, yeah. Isn't I, it, it, it was from The Independent, so... I don't know. But anyways, it was, you know, Canada legalized bestiality and as long as you're not penetrating the animal. I was like, what? Huh. I'm a lot more concerned with that than homosexuality, yeah, right? right? But but she's that. right. Sarah's right. Even if it was a lifestyle or a choice, as long as they're consenting adults, who cares? Sorry about that, guys. I'm just, uh, <coughs> just trying to get uh, Tracy on the line here. Oh, that would be fabulous. Yeah. <laughs> Tracy, can you hear us? Yeah, I can hear you. Oh, perfect. Yeah, Excellent. There she is. There she is. Welcome, so, welcome, Tracy. <laughs> okay. Sorry, we had Are to... Are we on the air? Yeah, you, we're live on the air. We had to jimmy something here. So I guess... Okay. Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> I guess our next guest is a staple of the popular Atheist Experience show since 2006 and is, one of, is on the board of the ACA, the uh, Atheist Community of Austin. She's a recurring guest on the nonprofit and was part of the Godless Bitches podcast. I just love that name. She is the talented, brilliant, and beautiful Tracy Harris. Tracy, thank you so much for being with us today. Hey. <laughs> Very simple. 
Tracy, uh, for for uh, for those of us that uh, I think a lot of our atheists <laughs> do know you, of course, but uh, so, some of our uh, up a little. Sorry. Hey, I can hear you intermittently. It's kind of breaking up a bit. Oh, jeez. Well, let's hope um, we can make. That's gonna hurt that. <laughs> let's hope we can make this work. Uh, okay. Well, it's a little better. I unplugged it. I was charging on my computer, and I unplugged it from that. I don't know if that even makes a difference, but I thought, let me just get it unplugged from anything and just make sure. So I hear you now. Yeah. Yeah. Also, the, here in the studio, we we don't have a very good cell signal, so. So we're jimmying something okay. as much as we can here to, to have you with us. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm hearing you pretty good right now. Excellent. So uh, do we. Can, can you hear the rest of us or you can just hear me? I hear you. Can you hear me, Sarah? I hear you like somebody in the background. Okay, okay. So you, All right. she, she can only hear via the, the, the microphone. So you might have to repeat. I'm, okay. I'm going to have to repeat everything. That's okay. Uh, so, so, Tracy, we can hear you. You're on the line, but uh, the, you might not hear the rest of us, so it's just me and you now. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Uh, would you be so kind to give us maybe the Reader's Digest version of the, the story of Tracy Harris? Like how I ended up on the show? Or sure, I mean, sure. Give us your motivation. Give us who you are. For, for some of our audience okay. that might not be familiar with you. Okay. Um, well, I mean, I was raised uh, in a conservative Christian household, um, brought up Church of Christ. My dad was not super into going to church, but he was very, very into arguing about the Bible. My mother was a, um, converted to Church of Christ from Catholicism, and she, so she had a, a super, super um, superstitious background, uh, being raised Italian Catholic by Italian immigrant parents. Uh, and so she had a, a very fearful perspective on religion. And... I wasn't really sure what I thought about the whole religion that I was raised in. I, I was finally converted when I was about 15 years old. I was convinced by um, a package of information by a, a then big-time apologist, Josh McDowell. And at the time, there was no Internet. There was not much resource or information available outside of whatever he was saying. So. He put out a bunch of information, it sounded very convincing, and there's no challenge to it because nobody was putting out challenges during that time. And so later, uh, when I went to college, I met people that didn't agree, and um, when I started to look into the information, mainly because I felt like I was right, I was trying to look it up and find it for them, and what I found was that I was very wrong and that a lot of the information that was put out about the Bible and how it was produced and uh, was just not correct. Um, But I did find out that there was sufficient information available that if somebody had done the research to get the information that Josh McDowell got, he would have had to have come across all the other information that uh, was not very supportive of his um, position. So it seemed to me pretty clear that he was withholding information that didn't didn't exactly support his argument, and so he just sort of put forward information that supported him and hid the information that that would cast doubt on what he was claiming. Ah, uh, the cherry picking fallacy. That was when I left the church, but I still believed in God. I just thought, you know, the Bible is not right. This Christianity is not right. And I went on for about another 10 years sort of arguing with people about ideas about God, going online when they finally, when the internet finally kicked out <laughs> up and running, um, 
questioning a lot of what I thought, trying to figure out what I did think about God, and ultimately just came to the realization that if you can't demonstrate it, then there's really not much you can say about it. There's not much point spending going going too far down a path of something you're unable to demonstrate. So when you come up with when you come up against a claim, one of the first things before you start arguing about it or going down a path or trying to define it or anything like that, the first thing to do is to try and verify that where you're starting from is is demonstrable. Can I demonstrate that this is true? If you can't demonstrate it, then you probably should work on trying to figure out how. Like, how is, is there some way to demonstrate this? And if there's not, then maybe I need to just sort of put this on a shelf until we find a way to demonstrate it and come back to it later and focus on other things that we can know are real um, and get back to this thing at a time when we have whatever it takes to verify it. Yeah, so your, for your, me, your path was a really yeah. common one. Your path is a very yeah, common one, I, your path to... to I, <coughs> I agree. I don't think there's anything particularly um, extraordinary about what happened to me. I do kind of regret the fact that it took me so long. Um, there's a lot of people who seemed to, who will describe how they lost their religion and then at the same time understood how that impacted their faith in God. And, you know, they couldn't demonstrate the religion, so they couldn't demonstrate the God, and it kind of all fell apart at once. And I kind of wish that it had worked that way for me because it would have saved me a lot of time and a lot of energy and resource looking into something that I felt was very important that I ultimately just realized was not important at all and wasn't even real. Yeah, so but, I put a lot of energy and effort into something that wasn't even, it had nothing to do with anything and was completely useless. And I, that's one of the reasons I do what I do today. One is, of course, because a lot of people... Um, who don't believe that a God exists encounter all kinds of social problems from having that opinion. And I want to do what I can to sort of help make the world a better place and a more welcoming place for them. But at the same time, I, I think I'm mostly motivated by the huge amount of time, resource, energy, like people arguing and debating. I mean, not just atheism and theism, but within theism, all the debates and all, and all of this Human energy and human resource is being devoted to a thing that isn't even real and has no actual impact on anything. And we really need to take all of that energy and put it toward helping people and helping you know, the world we live in instead of devoting it to bullshit or crap. Right? I mean, yeah, yeah, totally, totally. Tell me something. Uh, did you, when you uh, discovered all this, you did your research. Do you have that very common angry phase? You know, the phase I it's a phase I went through. That phase of I can't believe I wasted all my time and all my energy doing this, and you kind of and you're going out there and you you're pretty pissed off. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, I think that it, after I quit believing in God, um, it still took several years. Like when I started hooking up with the local atheist group here in Austin. Um, there were a few people that were kind of politically motivated atheists that I ran into. You know, I, I didn't know many atheists in person. I, you know, talked to some online and whatnot. But there were a few at uh, at ACA, the local group, where they would be more motivated by political issues. And I just remember kind of thinking, yeah, I'm not all that, you know, concerned about that stuff. It sounds kind of wacky to me or whatnot, you know. And 
kind of the, the more I learned, the more I began to understand um, the impact of religion on politics. Uh, the, the Church of Christ, where I was raised, is a very, very isolated group. They they don't really uh, promote too much. Well, they didn't when I was there. I don't know what's going on with them now. But when I was there, they didn't really get into politics much from the pulpit. So we were just sort of like, your political opinions are your own, and whatever you're doing in church is a totally separate thing. Um, the, these worldly things are sort of whatever, they don't matter. And so it wasn't like a very politically active um, branch of Christianity, even though it was extremely conservative. But uh, now that I understand how many churches and how much influence um, is devoted to politics from the pulpit, uh, that is a big concern of mine, and it's definitely something that needs to be addressed. Um, and when I began to to realize, you know, ha- that I guess just the amount of energy that goes into promoting these religious views, even by people who, I mean, at the time when I was losing my faith and lost my religion, I was in pursuit of truth, right? I mean, I, I wanted to know it was true. And when I realized that what had been taught about our church and the Bible wasn't true, I dropped it in a heartbeat, and later it took me a very long time to recognize, um, you know, that I had nothing to support my belief in God, but when I did finally, you know, when that sank in, I dropped it, and when I would run into people that were Christians online, or even the pastor at our church, the preacher that uh, argued with me about this, that wanted to come and have classes with me and try to save my soul, I remember him um, being unable to answer me about why he was preaching that the Bible was um, the inspired Word of God. You know, he was like, well, do you do you want me to show you in every single book? And I said, well, are we preaching that every single book is inspired? So, yes, you have to show me that every single book is inspired. <laughs> and he, he was just like, well, I just have to have faith that God had a hand in putting this book together. And I'm like, okay, so basically there goes the truth right out the window. You're saying you can't defend it. I'm asking you to defend it. You can't defend it, but you're going to keep preaching it anyway. And when I realized that there are Christians out there like this who basically, when push comes to shove and they say, I can't defend this, will continue not only to believe it, but to promote it. I mean, that's the thing. It's like if you, sometimes you can't really control what you believe. And I understand that. There are times when a person might intellectually understand, for example, that you know, gosh, my God belief doesn't make sense, but I just feel like there's a God. And so they kind of base that belief on this feeling they can't shake. And I get it. It's like you have this feeling, you can't get rid of it, and it, you relate that to God, and you're, that's what you struggle with, or that's, what you, that's what's holding you. Um, and that happens to people. But if you're going to admit, I can't defend it, it's just something I personally feel, and then go out and try to convince other people, especially when I see that you're going to use arguments like Josh McDowell is using, where you literally are withholding information that you know makes your argument look invalid, or that it you know detracts from your point, and you know that information is there, and you are not giving it to people, that, that's not, that, that to me is like so disrespectful of truth. And I don't understand. It's like if you if your beliefs cannot stand up to the scrutiny of validation to confirm the truth of them, then you are not somebody I can respect. I mean, if you continue to promote it as though it's true to other people and try to sell them this thing that you know doesn't stand up, um, that's just to me despicable. And I, I totally have to agree with that. 
Jesus. Yeah, exactly. And Tyler was saying lying for Jesus. Kind of sounds a bit like one of those uh, <coughs> those uh, as seen on TV commercials. You know, you're selling your product. You know, it doesn't really work. <laughs> uh, Tracy, can yeah. can we can we talk about what just happened in Orlando in the, in your neck of the woods? There. Well, you you're not in Florida, but you're a lot closer than we are. Yeah, I mean, I guess there's not too much information about it right now. They're still, I guess, investigating. You're talking about there was two shootings in two nights. Yeah, the the first shooting didn't get a whole lot of press. Uh, the one we were talking about uh, this morning was about the the one at the uh, the gay nightclub, uh, the the fifty dad yeah, and the fifty three yeah, nightclub one. I I'm very I was disturbed to hear the first one because I grew up in Orlando um, and I lived there most of my life before uh, leaving about the age of you know I guess nearly thirty. So I was in my late twenties when I left Orlando. Um, and so I was real disturbed to hear about the, the initial shooting of the singer. And then this morning when I turned on the news and I saw information on the shooting that was so disparate from what I'd heard yesterday, I thought I thought it was the same shooting. Yeah. Uh, it took you, me a while to understand watching the news that this was two separate shootings that happened, you know, two nights in a row. Um, you're, you, so you, you live in was disturbing you, you, to... You live in Get Texas now, right? News, um, having so many friends and family back in Orlando and being so familiar with the city and loving the city like I do. Uh, but, I, I mean, it, so- it sounds like from a preliminary standpoint, they're saying that they believe that it's like a terrorist thing, that it's a- attached to, you know, um, radical Islam. Uh, and that's really all I've heard heard about it beyond the incredible death toll um I mean, what is it that specifically you wanted to address? Well, a couple of things that uh, for us Canadians are maybe a, a bit difficult to understand. <laughs> um, for example, um, Donald, you guys are in the midst of a uh, rather interesting presidential now you're election. Out a little bit. <laughs> Sorry, I said you guys are in the midst of a very interesting presidential election, uh, and uh, one of the candidates, is, of course, is Donald Trump. Uh, is something like that? Do you fear something like that? That, that event might actually I'm very boost. Sorry, but you're you're cutting out again. I'm trying. I'm kind of walking around trying to find a sweet spot in case it's my cell on this end. <laughs> do you feel? Do you feel an event like that is going to boost Donald Trump's campaign? I hear a little bit from pieces, but it's not anything I can decipher. No, great. Okay, I heard a great. Oh, good, perfect. <laughs> Can you still hear me now? I'm gonna stand. I'm gonna stand right here and not move. <laughs> can you okay. hear me now? Yes, I can hear you now. Perfect. Do you think that you think that shooting that happened by somebody that was uh, a Muslim might unfortunately boost somebody uh, the the message of hate uh, pushed by a guy like Donald Trump? Okay, you cut out again. It said I got might somebody and then it quit. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. Okay, there you are. Okay, uh, do, do you feel that you feel that um, that <coughs> that is going to boost Donald Trump's campaign? Somebody posted that on my comment thread. Um, yeah, I just don't know. Uh, Trump is such a weird anomaly. Like I, he's so hard to predict. Well, he's one step away um, from being president. No, I'm saying it's hard to predict. It's hard to predict what will impact him and how, because. All of the, I guess, best political commentary has been wrong. Like every time they've um, assumed something about him, I think he—it's—it's it's less about Trump and more about his crowd. Like more about the people that are his fans. I think um, 
and they're a hard crowd to predict because they're kind of all over the map. It almost reminds me a little bit of, uh, God, there was that movement, the, the take back, whatever it was, I don't know. And it was sort of like people just meandering with no point. And that's kind of how I see his supporters. They sort of meander with no point. They are, there's like a big group of people that are not happy for all kinds of different reasons, and they've sort of rallied around him as some sort of beacon that I, and I don't know that there is like a cohesive message there. Mm-hmm. It's just disgruntled. Um, and so as far as having a terrorist attack, I mean, I think definitely he will, if I were him, I would promote it as weak, weak current government and lay, try to lay that on the Democrats. Like, that would be my, my tactic, you know what I mean? So um, unless he's got something else in mind, I would fully expect for him to come at this from a standpoint of Obama is weak and can't defend the nation and this is the worst attack ever and it's happening under a democratic administration because they can't keep the country safe. I mean, if you were an opponent of the Democrats, I can't see why you wouldn't sell it that way. I certainly would. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, um, maybe you can explain something else to us uh, because as Canadians, there's some things we uh, have a hard time understanding about our American counterparts. <laughs> what is it about the fascination with guns you guys have? The fascination with guns? Yeah. Um, I just think it's like a historic thing. I mean, I, I'm not sure why in Canada it's a little different. Here in the U.S., um, we have like a, I mean, basically, you have all the, these exports from Europe, right? The exports from Europe, um, when they went to Australia, they were more, more like penal colonies. And when they sent to the U.S. was more like the religious wackaloons. I mean, these were people that were, their religious perspectives were so whacked out that they couldn't get along uh, in Europe. And so they came to literally like this wild land, as far as they were concerned, um, to, eat, to eke out a... a but anyway, I mean, these were, these were religious colonies all disparate religious groups that came here who could not get along um, where they were living, you know, because they, they were, quote, persecuted. But basically, these were bizarre religions that came to the U.S. and then began to start the, and super harsh, super harsh conservative religious perspectives. Um, and then they came here and started going westward. There was this whole issue, you know, once you had the revolution, you've got this whole, um, like, almost systematic genocide of the indigenous populations, trying to sort of kill them all and push them onto uh, lands that were further and further out, Um, and there was just a lot of frontier history uh, and a lot of independence. Now, as far as why that's not the same in Canada, I'm not sure what would have been different. Um, there, because I do know that there was some religious influence. There was a lot of Jesuit influence um, in the Canadian area, like when when all of the colonization was going on in the U.S., it was kind of happening the same in Canada, but I don't know, and, and you, there's definitely like, you know, the history of the frontier there, too, so I'm not sure um, 
what the divergence is here in the U.S. as far as the, the guns and whatnot. Like, constitutionally, they have that in our Constitution as, like, a right to bear arms. I don't know if you have that constitutionally. No, no, Canada doesn't doesn't quite have that. Uh, the the uh, American Constitution is the only one that's truly secular. There actually is even a preamble to God in the Canadian Constitution. However, the Supreme Court has ruled that Canada was to rule on everything as a secular country. Okay, well, here in the U.S., we have a constitutional right to own, um, to bear arms, and I don't know if that makes us a little bit hotter <laughs> on that topic or what, but we, we absolutely have this weird sort of John Wayne mentality where we're just going to go in and use force to fix, every, you know, every problem to the U.S. is a, a nail, um, and that's why we always use the hammer. <laughs> it was like a nail, so... If you can't fix it with a gun, then we don't know what it is. <laughs> That's very interesting. <laughs> oh, goodness. So, um, Tracy, i got to ask you, um, you're one of a handful of women in the atheist movement. Um, I know a lot of critics of the atheist movement have accused uh, the movement of being chauvinistic. Uh, do you think there is a chauvinist streak in the atheist movement? There's a what streak? Chauvinistic. Oh, chauvin- I think there's... Chauvinism in every everywhere. I mean, in it's obviously it's going to be more heavier in some societies than others. Um, you get uh, there are some very egalitarian groups, um, but I mean, you uh, like for example, I work with a lot of people uh, from India, and they're super super nice, super polite. Just you know, just seem almost too nice sometimes and then I'll pick up you know a headline and it'll be some horrible gang rape on a public bus in India and I'll just think wow you know it just seems so weird because it's like two different you know two different cultures living in the same region which obviously India's huge um, but it's the same kind of here I guess it's like here in Austin or here you know anywhere I would imagine that you could go you're going to find you're going to find decent people, and you're going to find people that aren't so decent. You're going to find people who can talk to anybody regardless of their gender, and you're going to have some people who are going to make horrible judgments on people based on their gender, men and women. Um, and I just think that the, I, I, I would caution people, I guess, not to paint with a broad brush and to remember that everybody's an individual um, and that you have to judge people kind of based on their views and not lump them all together, and I think that works just as well for, um, you know, as a cautionary tale to not judge uh, women. Don't treat women like they're different than people. Yeah. And don't assume <laughs> that just because somebody identifies as male that that person automatically um, is going to make assumptions about you or hit on you or whatever. And uh, I, I have definitely met individuals who seem unable to interact with women as people, like they seem to have a problem uh, identifying, and, and this is just from my perspective as a, as a woman, I guess, that I see it from this side, because this is the side I've lived my life, but I've definitely um, run across men who seem to treat men one way and women another way, yeah, so and it's like they can't, they can't really communicate with women as, as people, and I, I see this. Um, you know, it stands out to me because I have other male friends who can sort of communicate with everybody in the same way. So I see people who treat everyone the same, and that makes it stand out to me when I see someone that I think is treating me different because I'm a woman. And sometimes 
and I don't, I don't differentiate. If someone treats me better, it's really no better to me than if they treated me worse. Um, when I see somebody differentiating That's and drawing a distinction and treating me differently because <coughs> I'm female and they're focusing on that femaleness, and you'll, you'll identify it sometimes because they bring it up a lot. Um, I had somebody once say that I should do uh, a show topic on women in the atheist movement, like Madeline Murray O'Hare, for example. Yes. I have met a lot of men in ACA who knew Madeline Mary O'Hare, who actually knew quite a lot about her. I honestly don't know that much about her. I mean, I know who she is, and I understand her relevance to the early movement. But as far as speaking on secular women and the history of secular women in that movement, my I have no, no like I don't have any special knowledge of that just because I am a woman. And it kind of made me laugh because I was just like, it's funny that someone would assume that I would be qualified to speak on this topic, which is a historic topic. The women of the um, club. Just because I also am female. And it, it, it doesn't hold, I mean, I, I would not be a person informed enough to talk about this issue. If I was going to talk about it, I would have to look it up and do research and learn about it, and then I could talk about it, which I think would be the same for anybody that wanted to talk about it. So for me, having somebody come up to me and basically say, I should give a talk about women in the movement, what they're doing is they're, they're hyper-focusing on my, on my female-ness. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I know what they're you mean. They're seeing that as, as a priority, and I don't see it as a priority, so it's weird to me when people recognize that and kind of are like, oh, you know, you should talk about this topic because it's about women and you're a woman, and it's like, yeah, but I don't know anything about the topic, so what difference does it make if I'm a woman, too? <laughs> Uh, Tracy, you've been you've been very nice, a very nice guest. I'm sorry about the technical issue there, but uh, take take a moment and plug yourself in. Uh, be shameless, promote yourself. Go right ahead. The mic is yours. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, this is Tracy Harris, uh, mostly known for my work on the Atheist Experience, which airs every Sunday from 4:30 to 6:30. In fact, you can probably catch it in a little while here. Um, today they're having Anthony Magnabosco, who's a really fun. Uh, guest, I'm sure, so don't miss that one. And um, we have a live audience if you're ever visiting Austin after show dinner. And uh, please feel free to watch the show, to support it in any way. It's uh, the group is atheistcommunity.com, uh, and online it's uh, Atheist Experience. Um, you can look that up. Excellent. Thank Ta-da. you. So- <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Tracy. Uh, we'll stay in touch, and hopefully, we can bring you back some other time. But in the meantime, we'll have to go to commercial break. You are listening to CIVL one hundred one point seven FM at the University of the Fraser Valley's Abbotsford campus, serving the surrounding communities of Abbotsford, Mission, and Chilliwack, British Columbia. Follow us on Facebook. Click like on CIVL Radio. Follow CIVL on Twitter at CIVL underscore radio. Email us at info at CIVL.ca. Reach us with telecommunication devices at 604-851-6307. Welcome to your KPE 360 Health Minute. In an increasingly sedentary society, we need to stay on top of our daily physical activity. Here are some quick tips to get active and stay active during a busy semester. 
UFB offers classes that will motivate and introduce you to new ways of exercise through activities such as Pilates, yoga, and Zumba. Prices and schedules can be found on our UFB Cascades website. However, if you need to get your daily dose of activity off of campus, your UPass grants you free access to the Abbotsford, Natsqui, and Chilliwack Recreation Centers. Make sure you stop by their front desks to grab the drop-in fitness class schedule. Although if being outside is more your style, you can enjoy beautiful BC scenery by hiking. Check out VancouverTrails.com to see a list of hiking trails in your area. In the end, make sure you remember to take a break from sitting at a desk all day to get up and be active. That was your KPE 360 Health Minute. This is Troy Baker, the voice of Italian from Shadow of Mordor here at Emerald City Comic Con, telling you to tune in to listening to the movies, the show that plays classic hits from great film and video game soundtracks every Thursday night at 8 p.m. Pacific on 101.7 Civil Radio and on www.civil.ca. A Canadian, a New Yorker, and a Southern Belle walked into a podcast, and all hell broke loose. Seriously, though, what happens when we three ladies get together? Well, definitely a lot of talking. And accents. Funny accents. Well, I don't have an accent, but my co-hosts sure do. We mix North, South, and the Great White North together for two hours of pure secular discussion. Nothing is off-limits. From goofy religions like Scientology, woo like ghost hunting and alternative medicine, to hardcore history, hermeneutics, sex, and science, we cover it all. What the heck is a hermeneutic? Well, it's not a guy named Herman who sings falsetto, that's for sure. Join Beth, Ashley, and myself, Deborah, every Monday night at 9.30pm Eastern, and we take you beyond the trailer park and bring the conversation to life. Join us live on YouTube and participate in the conversation via the Q&A system, or catch us later on Spreaker, Stitcher, iTunes, and Nobex. Visit www.beyondthetrailerpark.com for links to the show and our upcoming schedule. Bring your wine and sweet tea and settle in for fun facts and free thinking. We happily wear the explicit tag, though, so make sure to wash out your mouth with something tasty before listening. That's live at 9.30pm Eastern on YouTube. Come give us a like and a share, no matter what type of accent you have. And we're back. Well, that was Tracy Harris. I apologize to our audience for the uh, technical issues there, but uh, apparently there was an f- issue with the phone lines. I'm sorry about all my coughing. I'm really <laughs> sick. <laughs> we need to give you a fisherman's lozenge or something. I agree. <laughs> or quit smoking cigarettes on top of it. Yeah, that you know, that would probably help. A lot. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess we're going to do, a, we're, we're a couple of minutes left into the show. So we're just going to do a... Our usual segment, another brilliant moment, brought to you by religion. My favorite. (laughs) Another brilliant moment, the wacky world of religion. I've got a nice little story here, and I hate to bring these kind of stories, but they're all too common. No, you don't. I hope it involves sex dolls again. No, 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 and there's no dolphin, there's no fappy anti-masturbation dolphin either. That was a good story. That was. (laughs) Um, end Time Ministries, right there. Bring red flag over there. Self-style prophet Penuel, jeez, I hope I'm seeing this right, McNooney in South Africa decided to show the power of Jewish carpentry 
by driving over his congregation with a car. Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah, I saw you post that. So he commanded both members to sleep, followed by moving the car over them. The man of God then commanded them to wake up while the car was on top of their bodies. He then asked them if they felt any pain, and their response was, We do not feel anything. Prophet Penuel proceeded by reversing the car back, and again he commanded them to wake up. By amazement, they stood up and began to dance and praise God together with the rest of their congregants. Now, that's a pretty good trick, but it's not an impressive one when you got prophets like Chris Angels that did it not once, but twice and three times, and <laughs> if you just did it with a steamroller. So it's really a magic trick, but it's, you know, for somebody who's not very well educated, uh, it's the power of God. And you mustn't forget also Penn and Teller. We love Penn and Teller. Oh, yeah. We perform that same feat, not with a puny car like the South African prophet did, but with a freight truck in front of a rolling TV camera whose footage was presented without edits. So unconfirmed reports said the car model was a Meshinger, which is a crazy man in Jewish, <laughs> but a Yitzi, which is someone's stupid car company. <laughs> that was just the last line I had for a joke. <laughs> you guys have any thought on that? Well, yeah, like people fall for that now. So imagine like 2,000 years ago, there was, you know, magicians exactly. and stuff. Like there's actually this really good article from the website is the, the University of Boulder, Colorado. I think it's called Jesus the Magician or something like that. But anyways, it goes into all the history and, and whatnot about, you know, people basically tricking people by using magic tricks. And it was so easily believed back then. And it is now. So just imagine. Well, it's, uh, I don't know if you recall, but uh, last week we were talking also about that story about the inflatable uh, doll that they found it was a sex toy that, that I don't know how to handle it. But they, some tribe, some, some uh, Muslim village primitive well not primitive but some muslim village far f- removed found it they thought it was an angel that had fallen from heaven and within the span of a month or so there was already myth about this inflatable sex doll already crying and you know if you let it go it, they probably would have had some stories about miracles happening and now you see something like that you know it's 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 really quick uh, uh, how the these um, mythology can evolve and and really take off if you let it happen and of course as skeptics we were at the front line on something like that but we, we can't intercept everything like that right well and i can't really blame people from like two thousand years ago no of course not and and maybe even people who are living in those conditions of two thousand years ago so like third world countries that kind of thing without access to the internet stuff but when i see people who live in canada and the united states and they're posting all this stuff as if it's real i'm like are you seriously that stupid yeah exactly i mean it's uh it's 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 mind-boggling to see that kind of stuff but at, at the same time you do realize that you know um it's not a question of intelligence you know it's a question of there's a there's i feel there's a cognitive dissonance there i mean a lot of these people are actually quite smart but when it comes to belief they just compartmentalize that into another another part of their brain they, well, they yeah, can't pe- make the people believe what is emotionally comforting even if it's yes. not true yes yes and I, like i was saying earlier unfortunately we're also a species that prefers a bad answer to a non-answer mm-hmm. so the idea of saying i don't know uh, really it doesn't appeal to a lot of people even though it's the intellectually honestly true well especially if you say that you do know and the other people know that they don't know they're more likely to follow you and give you money and sex you and all that kind of stuff so. and we can probably sprinkle on top of that a little bit of the unreliability of eyewitnesses um yes or just just to to throw that in has anybody ever kept a diary of you ever 
A diary? A diary. Do I look like the kind of guy that would keep a diary? Um, do you yeah, a little pink one with a lock now? on it. <laughs> Dear diary, today I was doing a radio no, show. No, just, just saying because uh, if there's somebody out there who actually did that, uh, like really a long time ago, 10, 15, 20 years, and you just flip back the pages to something that happened like five years ago and you think you put it down in all detail and you read it and you can't really remember oh, that day okay, at all. Oh, okay, I know you're going with this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And that, makes perf- that makes perfect sense. That makes perfect sense. So, so how re- reliable is your own imagination and your own brain at all? I mean, not really. Sarah, you need to be quiet here. You've been talking way too much. Sorry. <laughs> She's so fascinated. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it's true how these things take a life of their own really, really quickly. And even in this day and age, you know, it's a, it's a lot easier for us to just accept uh, th- something said by somebody, especially when it's somebody you trust. You know, buddy comes into you and says, hey, man, I saw something. And we accept it every day on little things. When it gets bigger, we accept it too. Everything comes, in my opinion, everything comes down to logical fallacies. I don't know. Therefore, you know, argument from ignorance is probably one of the most common ones. And then personal incredulity. I can't imagine how that could have been done otherwise. Therefore, it must be magic or supernatural or whatever it is yeah yeah exactly cool well thank you so much guys you're still coughing yeah <laughs> thank you so much for all <laughs> i'm not smoking pot in the studio i swear sarah oh. put that out <laughs> <laughs> oh geez i'll quit it coming up we have uh next week we have the amazing james randy remember we did the we should do the voice the amazing james randy so uh, we have that, and we have uh, Phil Ferguson, who does a show on economic matters from a skeptical point of view. That should be very interesting. And we also have the Sasquatch Hunter. Oh, nice. Yes. Ah. Can't wait for that one. Oh, hope and he brings proof. Tyler, I'm going to have to put you on the leash for that one. You're going to yeah. have to let the man say he's saying. <laughs> oh, dear. That's going to be interesting. I'm looking forward to that one. You can follow us at leftatvalley.com. You can follow us on Facebook, on Twitter. You can sign in and listen to a podcast on civl.ca. Or you can go to blogtalkradio.com, Spreaker, or SoundCloud. If you send, uh, if you sign up with some of these uh, these uh, podcast guys, they will actually send you an email when our show airs. If you can't catch it live, guys, thank you so much. Until next time. People can reach the conclusion that all non-believers are evil. What a f-
isn't real, but Jesus is. Or Zeus, Thor, Mithra, Vishnu, you don't believe in them. I think the reason is apparent. You do what you're told and believe in the God assigned by your parents. I'm proud to be an atheist, a skeptic, a non-believer, an infidel, a heathen. I call it how I see it. Something to be ashamed. I'm an atheist. 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 Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time.